Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Well, good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Would, would you look at the person next to you and say, you the best thing I've seen all day? Now, if you just lied, God forgives you for lying. There's grace in the house. Can I get an amen? Man, I'm telling y'all, if you're as excited to hear me preach as I am to preach, something good is going to happen tonight. Now, now hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. I, 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 let me tell you how I work here. I want to tell you, I love Pastor Jim. Can I get an amen? How many of you guys know you are blessed to have Pastor Jim and Miss Angela as your pastors? Can we give it up for the cubics? Can we give it up a little bit better for the cubics? Hey, y'all, listen, I'm in a different church every week, and can you, you guys got to know that you got one in a million right over here. Now, I love your pastor. Now, I know y'all are different than where I'm from. He gave me a frisk down on the way into church. I'm not sure if that's a cop thing or how that works with y'all, but, but uh, pastor, I love you. Thank you for letting me be here, and Miss Angela God bless you for marrying Pastor Jim. Man, oh man. I, I, I'm telling y'all right now, can I tell you, I kind of feel like a hot dog in a steakhouse next to Brother Jim. I mean, I'm telling you that right now. And so, how many of you are thankful I got a word from God tonight? How many of you are thankful it's a quick word? Can I get an amen? Uh, let me tell you how I work, Caleb. Boy, that was anointed worship, brother. Let me tell you how I work. The more amens I get, the quicker I preach. <laughs> And so, so tonight, I have a word from God. And how many of y'all know, uh, I, I'm telling you right now, the hope for this nation is not the Democrat Party. The hope for this nation not the Republican Party. The hope for this nation and this world is only Jesus Christ and his church. And man, I'm telling you, you guys are blessed to be in a church that's alive. I, I'm in a different church every weekend. We don't need more churches. Now, what did what, what, you say, Brother Barry? We don't need more churches. Tennessee has plenty of churches. We need more of God's power in the churches that we have. And you guys are at a church that's alive. Can I get a yes? You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. That's all right, y'all. So, so what I want to do tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. While you're turning there, let me tell you a little bit about our ministry. The number one killer of our military, suicide. How many of y'all know freedom's not free? Number one killer of our police officers, suicide. Number one killer of our, um, law, our fire and EMS is suicide. And, and so during the week, I go all over America. Today, I was in Murfreesboro, and we train men and women how to minister to the mission field of our first responders. And then on the weekend, uh, I preach the gospel all over America. Can I tell you that God is blessing our ministry? I've been a full-time evangelist for seven years. Pastor Rick, last week, I got to preach the gospel in another country. We were in Arkansas. We had an amazing time down there, and they even let me wear my shoes. I mean, I had a great time down there, and it was so great. Um, and, and then can I tell you all, I wish, I, I, I wish my wife was here. If you looked at me and you looked at my wife, the first thing you would think is, that boy most know how to pray. Can I get a yes? But not only is my wife beautiful. Can I tell you, Brother Caleb, my wife graduated with her master's degree in counseling, summa cum laude. Now, if y'all don't know what summa cum laude is, here's what that means. The lowest grade she got on a test, A. 
The lowest grade she ever got on a paper, A. The lowest grade she ever got on assignment, A. My wife graduated college summa cum laude. I graduated college, thank the laude. I got my diploma, and uh, I got out in case they want it back. <laughs> but she wishes she could be here. She works with our ministry full time. And um, I want to tell you tonight, I do have a message from God for you. I do have a message from God for you. Now, I'm going to tell you all right now, uh, some people say, well, Brother Barry, I don't like all this running around and jumping and shouting. Doesn't bother anybody at the Titans game. Doesn't bother anybody at the Volunteers game. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ defeated more than a football team or a baseball team. Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave for you. I said he defeated death, hell, and the grave for you. And so tonight, his message is the most exciting message I could speak. It's the most exciting message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to ask you a question today. If God didn't have a plan for your life, why is the devil attacking you so hard? Amen by myself. I said, if God didn't have a plan for your life, why is the devil attacking you so hard? Y'all know I'm an 80s hairband kid. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, now y'all might not know this, but in the 80s, I had a mullet. Can I get a yes? I was so cool, my mullet was permed. Can I get an amen? Let, let, let me just ask, y'all want to see a picture? Heck no, we're not going to show no picture on that. Um, I, I was an 80s hairband kid. I, anybody know what 80s hairband had a one-armed drummer? My sister from another mister right there. Okay, so, so let me tell you why I'm, I'm telling you that. You know what the Lord taught me? The devil does not attack what he already possesses. The devil does not attack what he possesses. I'm going to tell you right now, when I was lost and undone, the devil didn't need to attack me. He had me, Pastor Leonard. I'm going to tell you right now, you get saved and set free, and the devil will throw everything at you but the kitchen sink to stop you. And I just want to tell you tonight, I got a message of hope tonight. You know, the world may be full of bad news, but we're full of good news. I guess the microphone's not working over here. Let me try over here. I said the world may be full of bad news, but we're full of good news. And I want to tell you right now, the title of this message is, it's time for a breakthrough. Ooh, just, just receive that word. It's time for a breakthrough. If you have your Bibles, look with me. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read seven verses. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Let's start in verse number 2. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Look at verse number two. It says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. Have you ever been there before? A great multitude is coming against you. You know, the Bible connects with the Bible. John 10.10 10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're seeing that in verse two. Then it says in verse three, And Jehoshaphat feared. Now, I love that God's word keeps it real. Yes, I mean, no, Jehoshaphat is a hero of the faith, but when he saw an army, he got what? He got scared. That, that's normal. So it says Jehoshaphat feared, but let me tell you what wasn't normal. Look at verse 3. And he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Can I tell you something, friends? It's not about a church. It's about a choice. Ooh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. 
I said it's not about a church, it's about a choice. It's Jesus is the choice. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not about the name on the outside of the building. It's about the name on the inside of your heart. And they sought the Lord. Now look at verse 12, and it says this. Oh, God, look at verse 12. They're surrounded by an enemy. Look at verse 12. Oh, God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Finally, look with me here at verse 15, 17, and 22. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all of you, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Verse 17, you will not need to fight this battle, but position yourselves. How many of you positioned yourself by being in church tonight? You position yourself by getting in one of those groups. You position yourself by seeking the Lord at your home. And it says, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And finally, verse 22, now. Everybody say now. now. Y'all are coming alive on me. Look at verse 22, now. I didn't say repeat it. I like that. You guys are with me. Verse 22, now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, God set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had gone against Judah, and they were defeated. What I want to share, just a few moments tonight, I want to give you this one thought. Friend, wherever you're at tonight, I want you to hear this over your finances, over your life, over your marriage, over your future, over your ministry. In the name of Jesus, it's time for a breakthrough in Jesus' name. If you feel comfortable, would you just raise a hand to the Lord? Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for an overflow of the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, I pray over every man, over every woman in the sound of my voice, that, God, they would have what you want them to have. They would be what you want them to be. They would go where you want them to go, and they would do what you want them to do. God, I speak healing over bodies. I speak debt cancellation tonight. Father, I thank you that the best days for every man and woman in this house, and the best day for this house is not behind, but it's ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let me give you tonight four truths from God's word that it's time for a breakthrough. Let me give you number one. Everybody say one. Wow. Okay, look at what the Bible says verse 12. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Could I encourage you, remember to look to the Lord. Okay, microphone's still broken on this side of the house. Let's try over here. I said, remember to look to the Lord. You can go to church and not look to the Lord. You can write a tithe check and not look to the Lord. You can join a church and not look to the Lord. Look at verse 12. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Friends, remember to look to the Lord. Here's one thing I love about God's word. It's power and it's active. Could I give you this one thought, friend? If you expect more, you get more. 
My sister from another mister, thank you very much. If you expect more, you get more. You know what the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20? That the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power at work within us. If you're offended by people quoting the word of God, get ready to be offended. Because how many know I'm not the message? You know why I quote the word, and you're going to hear me quote and quote and quote and quote and quote, because this was true yesterday, it's true today, it's going to be true tomorrow. Friend, I want to encourage you, you expect more, you get more. You know what I tell some churches? If you're happy, let your face know it. Can I get an amen? Yeah, here's what I want you to get. The joy of the Lord is our strength. My, my source. Can I tell you, when you get into a situation, don't focus on the situation, focus on the source. See, see, I want you to get verse 12. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Friend, please hear the word of the Lord. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. You know what Romans 8.37 says? No, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror. I want you to hear me, church. You're more than a conqueror. Please hear this. Lord, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. Proverbs 16, three says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. You know what a problem we have is the American church? Can I say what most believers do? God, this is what I'm gonna do, bless it. That's what most church people do. God, this is what I'm gonna do, bless it. You know what prayer we should be praying? God, what will you bless and I'll do that. God, what are you gonna bless and I'm gonna do that. Friends, can I tell you, you become what you believe. Good preaching, Pastor Barry. I said, I know it is. You become what you believe. If you believe fear, you become fear. If you believe anxiety, you become anxiety. Can I define fear for you? Fear is faith in the wrong thing. Look at verse 12. It says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You become what you believe. Can I tell you the word of God says, as a man thinketh in his heart, you know what Henry Ford said? Henry Ford said, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You know what the American church needs is a Holy Ghost checkup from the neck up. Can I get a yes? Colossians 3, 2 says, we set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. You know what I do, Pastor Leonard? When I get up in the morning, I go into my, bed, my bathroom, and I look in that mirror, and I say, Barry Young, you are tall. Barry Young, you are handsome. Barry Young, you have a full head of hair. Barry Young, you're athletic. Barry Young, you are powerful. The Bible says we call things that are not as though they were. Can I get an amen? Okay, here's what I want you to get, friends. Do you know how you get supernatural power? The more you agree with what the devil says about you, the weaker you become. And the more you agree with what God says about you, the more powerful you become. Listen to me, friends. I just want you to believe and to confess and to declare what God says about you. Look at verse 12. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Friends, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do. Don't focus on what you can't do. There's a bunch of things that Barry Young can't do, but I want you to hear this. It doesn't take a lot of man if God has all the man. Amen by myself. It was worth coming to church just to hear that one. It don't take a lot of man if God has all the man. You know, friends, it's not what's around you that counts. It's what's in you that counts. Whew. 
See, friends, I want you to know that God wants you to have his supernatural power. Now, can I confess a sin? Just because I'm an evangelist doesn't mean we don't have disagreements in our marriage. Can I get a yes? Can, can I tell you a disagreement my wife and I had? How many of y'all know we've been married 21 years and you know, just because you're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and doing ministry, Brother Leonard, don't mean that you can't have an argument. And so my wife and I, I looked at her, Caleb, I said, Kelly Young, when I ever use, I knew, when I use two names, I'm serious. Kelly Young, I looked at her, I said, I will eat what you want me to eat. Kelly Young, I'll drive what you want me to drive. Kelly Young, I'll vacation wherever you want a vacation. Can you just feel it burning up? I said, Kelly, I'll eat what you want me to eat. I'll drive what you want me to drive. I'll vacation where you want me to vacation. But I said, Kelly, I will not wear skinny jeans. Can I get an amen? How many know there's certain things you cannot unsee? I don't want anybody to wake up in the middle of the night and have a nightmare because they saw Barry Young in skinny jeans. Can I get an amen? Can we take a poll? How many of y'all have seen somebody wear skinny jeans and those folks had no business wearing skinny jeans? Oh, that, that's why I don't wear skinny jeans, Pastor Leonard. Okay, here's what I want you to get. Don't we do that to God? God, I'll do whatever you want, but. Oh, Lord, I'll go to church, but I can't tithe. Lord, Lord I'll I join the church, but I can't witness. Lord, Lord, I'm going to be at the church on Sunday, but I can't volunteer for the youth ministry. Can I tell you this? Partial disobedience, or pardon me, partial obedience is full disobedience. Let me say it one more time. Partial obedience is full disobedience. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. When, when the enemy came against Jehoshaphat, he said in verse 12, Lord, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. Could I encourage you, friend? If God didn't have a plan for your life, why is the devil attacking you so hard? Number one, remember to look to the Lord. Let me give you number two. Everybody say two. two. Okay, look at verse 15. It says, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. The battle is not yours, launch point, but it's God's. The battle's not yours, but it's God's. Friend, we should not be doing the fighting. Can I give you a one of the ways that I see God move powerfully in people's lives, it's not in trying, but it's in trusting. It's not in trying, but it's in trusting. Matthew 3, or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on in his understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. How many of y'all know, I want you to get this, we gotta go into trusting. Okay, so I got to dig into that. I didn't get enough feedback on that one. So, so I want to ask y'all a question. Pastor Jim's probably heard me say this. How many of y'all have faith clothes? Miss Angela, these folks don't know what faith clothes are. How many of y'all got faith clothes? Here's what faith clothes are. Faith clothes are clothes you can't fit into right now, but you got them at the back of your closet. And if a miracle from God happens and you lose weight, you got the clothes. How many of y'all got faith clothes? If you didn't raise your hand, God forgives you for lying. That's okay. Okay, here's what I want you to get. Everybody has faith, but not everybody has faith in the Lord. Look, look at verse 15. It says, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Can I just tell you right now, if heaven is for you, hell can't stop you. Let that sink in. If heaven is for you, hell can't stop you. I said, if heaven is for you, hell can't stop you. 
1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives you the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't earn the victory. You don't work for the victory. My Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, today, Genesis 50, 20 says, what the devil intends for harm, God turns around and uses for good. Well, well, hold on, Brother Barry, you don't know about my past. Can I speak to you about your past? Your past was a life lesson, not a life sentence. How many know that's the message of hope we need to preach in Lebanon, Tennessee? To every man, to every woman, your past is a life lesson, not a life sentence. Your past, your setback can become a setup for a comeback. Verse 15 says, for the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. Friend, I want to tell you, we got to remember whose battle it is. When you do the fighting, you're going to be defeated. But when God does the fighting, you're going to get the victory. So, so can, I, can I keep it real one more time? I have a struggle. I have a struggle with food. Can I get an amen? I mean, I mean, really, seriously, folks, what does not taste better with ranch? Can I get a yes? I mean, I mean, name me one thing that chocolate does not taste better. Okay, so, so years ago, it was 18 years ago, I used to be morbidly obese. And so 18 years ago, there was a man in my church. He put his hands on my shoulders. How many know we need to hear what we need to hear, not what we want to hear? We need brothers that are their brother's keepers. And so what happened is this man put his hands on me, Caleb, and he said, Barry, if you don't change the way you eat, you're going to get the same disease I got. And so what happened is I went home. I had all the symptoms. I thought I was 30 years old, had this disease. Thank God my wife prayed for me. I didn't have the disease. But how many of you husbands have ever volunteered for something? How many of you husbands have ever been voluntold? Can I get an amen? My brother from another mother. So what happened? Oh, I saw her elbow him. I saw that. So what happens is my mama, my wife, so what my wife says, she goes, Barry, she goes, I'm going to voluntold you. You're going with me to Weight Watchers tomorrow. The good Lord kept you from this disease, but now you got to put legs to your prayers. I mean, no, that's a good message. So I walked into that room. Caleb, it was me and 60 women. First thing I thought was, I should have joined Weight Watchers a long time ago. No, 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 that's, no, no, no. So, so I walked in there, it's me and 60 women. I looked at my wife, and I said, Kelly Young, Miss Page, I said to my wife, I said, Kelly Young, I'm going to try this for one week, and if it don't work, I'm never coming back. I did that for one week. I lost almost seven pounds in one week. I lost more weight than all 60 of those women, and they gave me a certificate, Barry, you're the biggest loser, and I lost 80 pounds, and I've kept it off for 18 years. Now, why am I telling you that? Here's why I'm telling you that. You become what you believe. Can I go a step further? If you don't get up on the inside, you'll never get up on the outside. Friends, it's time for a breakthrough. If God says in John 10, 10, that we know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You know, we have many Christians that have eternal life in heaven, but they don't have abundant life on earth. And can I just drop this word on you? If God says you can, you can. If God says you can have an abundant life, you can have an abundant life in Jesus' name. You know what faith does? Faith sees past the problem to the promise. 
Amen, by myself. Faith sees past the problem to the promise. How many know when God gives you a plan, the devil's just not going to give you a lollipop? The devil's going to fight you. He's going to attack you. The devil does not want you to have a breakthrough. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do. And let me say this one more time. If heaven is for you, hell can't stop you. Let me give you number three. Could I have an amen? Let's look at what number three says. Look at verse 17. It says, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. Friends, I'm not saying this because he invited me to be here. You have a pastor that's not afraid to stand firm. I'm going to be real. How many babies have to be aborted before a church will stand firm? How many families have to be torn apart? How many lives have to be ruined? You know why this church is growing? Because you got a pastor that's not afraid to stand firm. Can I give you Romans 1.16? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. I just want to tell you right now, a private faith is a powerless faith. A private faith is a powerless faith. Romans 1.16 does not say hide your power underneath a bushel. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Force the power of God unto salvation. Can I tell you, friends, don't let the devil mess up our message. We have a message of hope. We got a message of healing. We got a message of restoration. Friends, I want to tell you, the obstacle in front of you is not bigger than the God inside of you. It's time for a breakthrough. I want you to look at verse 17. God's word says, stand firm. Can I tell you, a private faith is a powerless faith, but a public faith is a powerful faith. Can I tell you who is one of my heroes? Miss Page, can we sell that old man? Y'all might not know who this is. Let's keep it up here for a moment, Miss Page. This is John Harper. In 1912, he pastored the largest church in the world. Let that sink in. In 1912, 110 years ago, this man pastored the largest church in the world. It was in Scotland. And can I tell you, every week, people were getting saved, born again. Brother Leonard, think the people were getting set free. And what happened is, in the middle of his ministry flourishing, his wife died. How many of you don't know it rains on the just and the unjust? Now, friends, when all hell breaks loose in your life, you can give in to panic or you can give in to praise. You can give in to fear or you can, or you can give in to faith. And a lot of people say, well, Pastor John, aren't you going to step down? Your wife's died. You, he goes, nope, God has not called me to step down. And so you know what he did? He stayed faithful to the Lord. People kept getting saved. All of Scotland, there was a mighty revival taking place. And then the largest church in America said, Pastor Harper, would you come preach at our church? It was in Chicago, Illinois, Moody Bible Church. Now, remember, he was a single father. That's a very important part of the story. So in 1912, did he fly over? Did he Uber over from Europe? He came over by what? Boat, ship. True story. He was on a ship coming to America to preach at the largest church in America, and his ship hit an iceberg. He was on the Titanic. Now, 
How many know they did not have enough what? Didn't have life, lifeboats. The only people allowed on the lifeboats were women and what? He was the one exception. Why? Single dad. So check this out. Literally, he gets on the top deck and thousands of people are crying out in fear. There's a lifeboat. It's all with women and children. And he climbs into that lifeboat. And he looks back on that Titanic. And it's sinking. He looks at his daughter. He wraps his arms around her and he says this, sweetheart, Serve Jesus Christ all the days of your life, and I'll see you again. He hugged her. He kissed her. He's the only man we have recorded. He climbed back onto the Titanic. And can I show you what he did, Pastor Leonard? It reminds me of you. He started running to people on the deck. Turn to Jesus, and he can save you today. And he led that one to the Lord. Turn to Jesus, and, and he can save you today. And he led that one to the Lord. Turn to Jesus. On the top deck, he's leading people all to the Lord before minutes before they die. The Titanic sinks into the water. He's got a life preserver on, and now he's swimming. Turn to Jesus, and he can save you today. And he's leading people to the Lord seconds before they're dying. And he's swimming to another person. Turn to Jesus, and he can save you today. And he swims to one man, and he says, turn to Jesus, he can save you today. And the man looked at him and said, I don't need your Jesus. I need your life preserver. You know what John Harper did? He took off his preserver, and here's what he said. As Jesus freely died for me, as Jesus freely gave me eternal life, I freely give you my life preserver. John Harper kept swimming to the people, leading them to the Lord, but because of hyperthermia, he succumbed and he died in the water. And might say, well, how do you know about this story? The man he gave the life preserver to was saved by a lifeboat. And every year in Chicago, they would once a year they would have a survivor's meeting. And Pastor Leonard, he would go to that survivor's meeting and tell the story of how he got born again in the waters of the sea, and he would preach the gospel to the survivors of the Titanic. Now, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that we've got to have that same intensity. Now, here's what some people say. Well, well Brother Barry... You know, it's different because our ship is not going down. Oh, really? How many of you think America is in better shape now than it was 20 years ago? How many think America is in better shape now than it was 50 years ago? Listen to me, friends. A private faith is a powerless faith. A public faith is a powerful faith. It's time for a breakthrough, but I want you to hear me. God does not just bless you to bless you. He blesses you to be a blessing. Look at verse 7. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. In verse 17, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. Guys, I used to be a youth pastor. How many know if you want to stay young, run with the young people? How many know if you want to die young, try to keep up with them? Can I get? Okay, so what happened is, I was a youth pastor, and I, I took 50 kids to Mexico on a mission trip. And in one week, they were bold. They led 200 people to the Lord in one week. As we were coming back in the United States, the bus broke down. Anybody want to guess who the bus driver was? He's bald, and he's 48. So what happened is I was. And I, 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 I couldn't even do, I couldn't speak Spanish. I, I, I could just do like a lunch order, burritos, enchiladas. How many of y'all are good at manual labor? Me and manual don't get along very well. I couldn't fix that bus. 
Now, I do speak Spanish now. Y'all want to know the three most powerful phrases in Spanish? Because you may go on a mission trip or you may go on a vacation to a Spanish-speaking country. Here's the first phrase. ¿Cuánto cuesta en dólares, por favor? How much in dollars? If you put your money in pesos, gringo, they're going to rob you every time. Second most important phrase. ¿Dónde está el baño? Where's the bathroom? Can I tell you the third most important phrase? Where's Caleb at? Este hombre paga por todo, por favor. This man will pay for everything. Those are the three most important phrases if you go to a Spanish-speaking country. But at that time, I didn't speak Spanish like I do now. So I didn't know what to do. And I looked at those teenagers, and I said, hey, I don't know what to do. I want you to stand, and I want you to lay hands on this bus, and let's believe God. Now, those 200 teenagers, was their faith level up or down? They just led 200 people to the Lord way up. They began to lay their hands on that bus. They began to pray in other tongues. Tears began to roll down their cheeks, and the bus engine turned over. Can I tell you what happened? The hood was up, and a precious Hispanic brother heard 50 gringos going crazy, and he stuck his head out. And while we, were re- while we were praying, he reconnected the battery terminal wires to the engine block. And the engine turned over. And can I tell you what the Lord taught me? We couldn't speak Spanish. He couldn't speak English. But the power of Jesus Christ could speak to both of us in Jesus' name. It's time for a breakthrough. As, pa- as Caleb comes to play real softly, let me give you the fourth point. Everybody say four. We're almost done. Look at verse 22. Friends, hear me tonight. The devil does not want you to hear this in your finances. It's time for a breakthrough. In your marriage, it's time for a breakthrough. In your family, it's time for a breakthrough. In your mind, it's time for a breakthrough. Do you know who determines how much of God's power you have? It's not the Lord. He's already done everything he's going to do. Listen to me, friends. It's you. Let me give you this last one. Look at verse 22. Look at what verse 22 says. I love it. Here's what verse 22 says. It says, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, God set ambushes. Could I give you this? I want you to get this. Hear me out. When you praise, listen to me. When you praise, you release faith. When you complain, you restrict faith. Let me say that one more time. When you praise God, in the middle of a storm, you're releasing faith. But when you complain, you're restricting faith. The more thankful you are, the stronger you become, and the more you complain, the weaker you become. Can I just be real, church? You can't complain your way to a breakthrough. But you can praise your way to a breakthrough. Look at verse 22. It says, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, As they began to sing and praise the Lord. Can I tell you, friends, what we worry about the most shows God where we trust him the least. Let me say that one more time. What we worry about the most shows God where we trust God the least. And I I just want to encourage you with this thought. Worry doesn't change the situation, but it does change us. And, and, And I know this is easier said than done, but look, verse 22. They said, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, if you stand on the truth's from heaven, you can defeat the lies from hell. If you'll stand on the truth from heaven, you can defeat the lies from hell. Friends, it's time for a breakthrough. Can I tell you, I get to preach all over the place. 
I haven't worked one second today. And, and I preach at men's conferences. I preach at revivals. I preach in the north. I preach in the south. I even preach at women's conferences. Can I get an amen? Me, I mean, I preach all over the place. Believe it or not, I get to preach to teenagers often. Can we show that next slide, Miss Page? I was preaching at a 400-person Assembly of God youth camp, and I met these two girls. No, no, that's, okay, so, so what happened is these two girls here, the one on the left is Chase Snicker. The one on the right is Sophia Bolin. And can I tell you what happened? They went from a private faith to a public faith. Do you know our teenagers don't need to be entertained? Our teenagers need an encounter with God. Do you know the most powerful book series? The most popular book series is Harry Potter. It's about humans having power, but it's fake. You know the most popular movie series? It's Marvel Comics. It's about humans having supernatural power, but it's fake. Do you know what I love about the gospel? The gospel is about humans having supernatural power, but it's the only one of those three that's real. And so these girls, they had an encounter with God. And whether you know this or not, I met them in 2019. 2020 was a horrible summer for our teenagers. Y'all, I'm in a super conservative state, but that summer all the churches were closed down. I was scheduled to speak at youth camps. They were all canceled because of COVID. People couldn't go on vacation, couldn't go to band camp. And our mayor of Kansas City made a big mistake. Can I tell you a mistake he made? He said, you can't have a gathering in Kansas City above 10 unless it's outside. How many of y'all know if you give a teenager an inch, they will take a mile? These girls called me up, and here's what they said. They got on this cell phone. They said, Pastor Barry, Pastor Barry, we're going to have an outdoor worship night in our backyard because no youth groups are going, no churches are going. Would you come preach? How many know you can't tell those teenage girls no? And so what happened is I said, is there going to be any adult leadership? You're the only one, yes. I said, are you guys going to do any food giveaways? Nope. Any music giveaways? Nope. Any games? Nope. They said, we're just going to worship the Lord. So what I was thinking is I thought we'd have a little gathering of 10 or 15 teenagers. How many know 10 or 15 teenagers is worth it? So what happens is I show up in this backyard, and these girls are on fire for God. There's 100 teenagers in the backyard. And can I tell you, you had African-American kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids, Caucasian kids, and they weren't saying Trump. They weren't saying Biden. They were saying, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. And in Kansas City, we had bad riots that summer. And, and the, a lot of parents in that neighborhood don't know the Lord. They saw 100 teenagers. They were running in the backyard. They thought it was a riot. Oh, it was a riot. It was a riot against the kingdom of hell. And these teenagers, Miss Angela, they, kept, these, they, they were just worshiping God. And these parents ran into the backyard, and their jaws dropped. They saw 100 teenagers with tears rolling down their cheeks, calling out to the name that's above every name. See, these girls had an encounter with God. Can I tell you, entertainment doesn't break a bondage. Entertainment doesn't keep you from committing suicide. Entertainment doesn't set you free, but an encounter of God will do all of those. And can I tell you, Sophia on the right, she right in the middle, she got up in front of her 100 teenager friends. She said, y'all, sit down. Pastor Barry's going to come preach. 
And I'm telling you right now, if you can't preach in that environment, you can't preach. I got up there. I preached as hard as I could preach. And right in the middle of that backyard, 14 parents and teenagers got born again in Jesus' name. The power of the Holy Ghost hit that backyard. Would you like to see what the Holy Ghost can do? Let's show this last picture. There it is. No light shows. Listen to me, church. No giveaways. But they had a breakthrough. See, you know what Psalm 121 verse 7 says? Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. And my question I want to ask you is, what's God doing in your backyard? Just like the Holy Ghost moved in that backyard, he wants to move in your backyard. He is no respecter of persons. Can I get an amen? It is time for a breakthrough. Please hear me tonight, church. I love you. I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. It's time for a breakthrough. Let me close with this story. How many know the, the gospel is the most exciting message that's ever been preached? So, so I've been a police chaplain for 15 years, and, and, and there was a real bad fire in one of our apartment buildings, and, and people were jumping out of the rooms. They, they, they were getting down on ladders, coming out of the stairwells, coming out of the elevators. There was a single mother and her daughter trapped. The whole apartment burned. And there's these big firefighters going into this apartment. And they've got tears rolling down their cheeks because they know a single mom and a little baby girl didn't make it out. They use that crowbar, Pastor Leonard. They break that door open. And they see the deceased mom burned up. They can't find the little girl. They're looking. They can't. And now, now their tears are getting bigger. Their tears are getting bigger. And all they can think is the little girl burned up. As they start to walk out of the apartment, they hear the faint cry of a little girl. Do you know what the mom did? The mom put that little baby girl right in her chest, in her lap, and she surrounded the girl with her body. You might say, Pastor Barry, why are you telling me that? I'm telling you that because that's what Jesus Christ did for you and me. You know what John 3.17 says? Everybody quotes John 3.16. Can I tell you what John 3.17 says? It says, for the Son did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Can I tell you, Pastor Jim is not saved because he's good. Pastor Jim is saved because God's good. Pastor Rick's not saved because he's good. He's saved because God's good. And if you're here tonight, God wants you to have a breakthrough. Listen to me, friends. I want to speak this. Can I tell you one thing I've learned? If you don't say it, you're not going to see it. Amen by myself. If you don't say it, you're not going to see it. The more you agree with God, the more power you have. I love you. It's time for a breakthrough in Jesus' name.